So welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach for 25 years and creator of the 30-day program and a few other bits and bobs. And this podcast would not be anything without its amazing guests and today is no exception. Uh, we welcome Fiona from the Love Fly Facebook group and uh, Fiona is going to share her story with us and maybe some tips. Who knows? So welcome Fiona. Thank you. So obviously we've had communications in the Facebook group, the Love Fly Facebook group, and this was your idea to do it the way that we're doing this. And so I think it'd be really interesting to tell us a little bit about who you are, your story and anything you want to tell us. So thank you. Sure. So as as you know, but I guess not many other people do. So I, I live in Canada. I live in Toronto currently. I've been here for over 25 years and I am in the process of making some major life changes, which include moving back to England and that involves flying. (laughs) Yeah, generally, yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, no, I mean, I have looked into every other way of getting there (laughs) other Mm. than flying. Hmm. But obviously, flying is is the best. Uh, best well, a little bit easier, maybe quicker, perhaps easier, quicker, cheaper. Although I did have I did have an aunt who travelled all over the world and never flew, and she was uh, hmm. she came over on the Kiwi two all the time, and um, so yeah, it can be done. But anyway, so no, I that and that is the biggest thing, you know. I when I get excited about what I'm doing I keep coming back to the fact that I have to fly and it terrifies me okay or it did until I joined the group okay yes (laughs) so when did you join the group and what yeah so tell us about this sort of change in it it did terrify you and so that's interesting tell us tell us about that sure so a very good friend of mine actually knew how scared I was of flying and actually found your website um sent me the link and that's how I mean I'd looked into you know I'd read other stuff about fair flying but there was just something I first of all I read your like the downloadable ebook and there was just something about that and then the Facebook group that really appealed to me and I think, I think more than anything, it was, there was a part in, in your book that said something, well, first of all, you, you understand totally all those, you know, all the things like how we're, you know, I, I am Nostradamus and I can tell the future. Well done. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that, you know, the cabin crew and the pilot, it's, it's big conspiracy and they are in fact you know not telling us everything you know all those all those thinking what you call them thinking traps is that what you all those things Mm. but there was the one part in in your ebook and it's i think it was where and correct me if i'm wrong but it said that it's not 
you know, people always say that a fear of flying is irrational. And you said, no, it's not completely irrational. There is a risk, but it's all to do with risk assessment. And my risk assessment, and I would say probably most of the people in the group, is out of whack. Yeah. And I feel that's what it is. Mm. And, you know, and, I, and that does, that's kind of been a pattern in my life as well. And, that, and that's actually the other thing I wanted to say too that I feel is really important. I've noticed in the group, you know, there are people that have a very, you know, there's people that are afraid of, afraid of turbulence. There are people that maybe have claustrophobia. I don't have any of those things. I feel that my fear of flying really comes from more of a, it's to do with these cognitive distortions. It's to do mm. with a pattern of fear and anxiety of life in general. Okay. So it doesn't actually really have to do with, the, I'm not really scared of flying. And I actually, in the times that I have flown, I have liked flying. Mm. It's, it's this, general fear and think you know the idea that something is going to happen to me and it's that big what if yes so is that with you all the time then just that flying is just one sort of version of it yeah yeah i mean generally in you know i do have quite a lot of anxiety generally you know i really since I since I was young and you know and I have had you know instances with like experiences with you know dealing with OCD and that's all you know that's all tied into this thing about wanting or not being able to deal with uncertainty and I think when it comes to flying you know it's that's where the focus is and and there is you can't be certain but it's just this not being able to accept that this uncertainty mm. even though you know as you've said it's you have to really look at the, the it's like risk assessment yeah um i don't know if am i making sense I yeah you're I making a lot of sense <laughs> it's always interesting for me fiona what what resonates with people because um, certainly when I put that book together, which thank you for your kind comments, I was thinking, I was at a bit of a loss myself, and I was thinking, what do I do? I've just been running fear of flying courses for 20 odd years. I wasn't, it was no longer working for the Virgin one, through circumstances I won't bore you with. And I thought, what the hell do I do now? You know, so I had all this sort of stuff in my head, and and I thought, well, how, how do I describe it when I'm talking to people? And And that was one of the statements that, you know that statement I do I genuinely believe that you know like people it is I love your phrase actually your <laughs> risk assessments out of whack yeah <laughs> I might change the book I love that <laughs> <laughs> to appeal yeah. to a, a sort of a broader audience you know because we wouldn't right. say that in the UK and, and I know you're a hybrid uh, so yeah. um, you're a UK Canadian hybrid so uh, <laughs> yeah my risk assessment's out of whack. I think I should bring it in into everyday conversation in the UK to so give, give it some life. But I think that was one of the things that... So it's really interesting. So, yeah, it does make perfect sense. So you, you've got a sense of that you're, you're experiencing threat in lots of ways. Yes. 
Yes. Mm. I, yeah. You know, it's, I, I've been thinking a lot about this and actually in, in preparation for this, I, I actually talked to my mom and I, and I said like, do you know where this fear of flying came from? And oh, how interesting. Yeah. Well, she didn't. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that interesting. <laughs> Got to find someone else to blame now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she couldn't. I mean, I, I, I do know that. Well, look, I'll backtrack a little bit. So a couple of things did happen to me when I was very young that left me with a feeling that the world was a very scary place. It was nothing terrible, you know, but it, it just a few things. So I kind of always had that feeling when I was young that sure. I always have to be on my guard. Mm. The world is very scary. There's danger lurking around every corner. Sure. And then, you know, and I, the first time I ever took a flight was when I was around 10 and my aunt and uncle took uh, me and my sister on a cruise and we had to fly to Italy to, catch, to get the board mm, the ship. Yeah. And I was terrified of flying to Italy from England, even though it's a relatively short flight. And, the, uh, and knowing that I had to do the same on the way back, ruined the whole holiday for me so do you know why you were terrified at that age well i think it was this general fear of everything and i also feel i i don't know if we're I, I, we might roughly be the same age i'm not sure maybe i'm older than you but in the 70s i, I feel like there was a lot of stuff going on i feel like i might be wrong but i think there was a lot of like hijacks yeah i mean the ira were just doing their thing and you know i mean i was every time i went up to london with my family i was convinced we were you know going to get bombed and so i think there was a lot of fear in general a lot of terrorism that kind of thing and i was just very you know as a child i was like just very like aware of all that and very sensitive to that and i think that that's the only thing i can really put it down to a combination of my personality and all this stuff going on yeah. And then after that holiday, I didn't fly again until I was in my early 20s and I came, I came mm. over to Canada. Mm. You know, it's funny. So I won't bore you with all the details, but me and my sister came over to Canada when I was about 21 for six months. Um, we, we stayed for six months, went back to England, and then I came back out here a couple of years later. And that first time, I don't remember really being too fearful. I know it helped that I had my sister with me. And there was probably quite a bit of alcohol involved at that time as well. <laughs> so I was 21. <laughs> but I do know the second time when I came out the second time when I was around 24, I don't know how I got on that plane because I was flying from England to Vancouver and that's quite a long flight. And I was, yeah, like, I, I honestly don't know how I did it. And I was by myself, really, really scared. And, you know, people always ask me why, you know, why I stayed in Canada or why I've made my life in Canada. And I always, I kind of joke, but it's really not really joking. Because I, I, I was too scared to fly back. That's why I've stayed here so long. Yeah. <laughs> I could like see that on the um, the visa application. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, really, and, and I've missed out on so much. Like, I've never gone back to, in all the time I've been here, I have never gone back to England. Mm. Like, my mom and my dad always come out here, partly for practical reasons, because, you know, I was bringing up my daughter and I was working and it was easy for them. But, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it was so bad that I, you know, I when my father passed away, I didn't go back for the funeral like I just mm. it's had a huge impact on my life and it's yes. you know I've not gone on vacations with my daughter because of it and it's just awful and I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like it's enough yeah. you know it's time to get over this and I feel like I've seen a couple of other people in the group say the same thing so and you know, it, it's so, almost. Sorry, Fiona. Can I just ask? Because that's really interesting. Sure. You know, because you've had some pretty dramatic things happen in your life, and they haven't caused you to fly. And, mm -hmm. and yet now, it feels like there's something's changed. And because sometimes that can be quite interesting. What the motivation is, you know, to make, make you say enough is enough. Yeah. Well, I really want to live in England again, I really want to go home. Mm. You know, I, I mean, you know, Canada is great. Toronto's been really, it's been a great place to live. I don't know if you've ever been here, but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's a great city. Canada's a great country and it's, uh, you know, it's been really good to me. But home is home. And I, I think one thing that triggered it is my sister lived here for a long time and she moved back to England a few years ago. Okay. So there's that. My mom is, you know, in her 80s now, so there's, I want to be closer to her. Mm. You know, there's a few other reasons. I, and yeah, I just feel like I want to go home. And, and I do want to get out. I do want to conquer this. Yeah. You know, I really do. Mm. And the one thing I've noticed in the group too is, I, I feel like a lot of the people in that group are smart, you know, we're smart people where I think I even said this the other day, like we're, we're all overthinkers. And I don't think there's anything really, you know, that some people kind of say that as a negative thing. I, I would rather be an overthinker than a, a non-thinker. Not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like you've got to rein it in a little bit <laughs> yeah you know well cause um, you can, you're in danger of doing the work for everybody else as well aren't you so oh exactly well if exactly. i'm not thinking about it how do i know the pilot's gonna be safe yes yes well that yes that's that's the other thing i like it when um you know people actually this was on the the podcast where you read from the book the other day I was listening to that and it was making me laugh because you know I think there was a part there you know you've got to be like really you know you, you it's your job as a passenger you know to make sure the pilot's doing his job and <laughs> the cabin crew are doing their job and yeah you know it's I really like that light-hearted approach it's it it's not like making fun of us but I think it's really important to, because I know for myself, and I'm sure again, it's the same for a lot of you, a lot of people in the group, 
we take everything so seriously, way too seriously. And it's just like, you've just got to lighten up, you know? Oh, thank you for that. Uh, I, I, yeah, there's something in that I can strongly agree with because I think, you know, life's pretty serious, you know, and it's brief and you don't get, you don't get a second go as far as I know. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, if you're going to spend it putting your life on hold because of mm -hmm. fear, then that's, I think that's a, sh a real shame. And it's not to sort of guilt anyone because we still live our lives, even though we're not flying. It's just that we are living a a modified version of what we could be doing. And it's not, you know, it's not, I haven't flown for three years, you know, so I couldn't, I can fly. It doesn't, my life hasn't been any less because I haven't flown. But I can choose to fly, and that's the thing I wanted yes. people to have was the choice. Absolutely, and yeah. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, a life lived in fear is is only half a life. Like, definitely, it's uh, it's living in fear is awful. And I mean, you know, I just from my experiences with experiences with OCD, and you know, it's just having this awful like threat that the what if mm. looming over you it's it's no way to live it really isn't yeah and actually you've just made me what you've made me think is you know or when you asked me why you felt it was time to get over this you know I think it's also my age as well you know I'm you know I turned 50 and Yeah, it's that's the only way I can describe it. It's time and life is short. And I, there's a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. And this this would be a real a real personal achievement for me to mm. to do this. And not only, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, you don't have to like flying. But I do actually feel that I, I will like I do like flying and I will like flying. It's just always comes back to that that what if and the uncertainty. Yeah. Really and I, I guess at the end of the day, there's the only way to deal with that is to face it. And and, and exposure. I mean, I know just you know from doing work on on with the OCD, it's like you know. Um, the exposure is that really is the only way to to tackle this problem and that means you know getting on a plane and facing those fears and being terrified and accepting that you're going to be terrified you know i i know for for me it's the idea of being of you just get to the point where you want to avoid anxiety at all costs yeah. And and you get so blinkered by that, you know, it's it's that that's your focus that you, you kind of forget about everything else. It's just you you can't handle that being that anxiety. But mm. if you can learn to sit with it, and then you realize it's really not that bad. And I do also believe in, you know, that that thing with the anxiety curve where if you, you know, they, they've shown that if you, if you can sit with anxiety, it will peak and then it will come down. 
and then the next time it will peak but it will be a little less and mm. then it comes down and yeah. it keeps and I really believe that and the only way to get there is to, is to keep doing it and expose yourself yeah that's it and so just yes yeah, so what you've been doing is a bit of cognitive restructuring and also some desensitization yes and uh, yeah and there there's a lot of evidence base around that of course there are other techniques out there people say come and see me three times and i'll it'll magic it all the way and it's not to say those things don't work because they do for some people but i think there's but i'm a firm believer that this stuff you just got to keep doing it and you know it, as lightly as you can to begin with you know just so for some people looking at pictures of aircraft can be enough to trigger them and mm -hmm. So when I did the, I think I wish one it was. Yeah, so it's part of the 30-day program. I thought this little exercise where you go through and it's just lots and lots of images of like the, the tunnel where you walk down, the, the check-in, and and then just ask people to sort of rate. You know, if you can do this yourself, you know, just rate on a scale of 1 to 10, which of these things, when I think when I go to an airport, what, what triggers me? So, so something that quite a few people have done, which I think is really smart, is... Just going to airports and drinking, sitting there and drinking coffee, just to sort of get used to the experience of being around it, seeing the hustle and bustle, seeing flights taking off, and it just becomes normalised, doesn't it? So mm -hmm. I think I think you're on the right track. So what sort well, of stuff actually, are you doing then? Sorry, go on. I yeah. Well, on. well, yeah. No, it's funny because after when I was listening to you know your your that podcast the other day, and and you mentioned going to the airport, and that hadn't actually occurred to me. But that's what I'm actually going to do, because thankfully now Toronto, like for years and years, it was the worst. First, the city, the size of Toronto, and the you know, for this kind of city, getting to the airport was the worst. Oh really? <laughs> oh, it was awful. We we didn't have any direct line. We had to either get a coach from downtown or an airport taxi it was terrible but now they've got they've got I think it's called the up express so you can get there in 25 minutes on the train so I'm actually going to go to Pearson airport hang out there a little bit you know see all the planes taken off and and, and just familiarize myself with it as well just so I know you know yeah. even even getting the up express I've, I've never been on that before so i think it would be good to oh, amazing yeah that's yeah. that's brilliant i can't commend that enough yeah i'm actually looking forward to it it's mm. in my sad life that that's a day out for me you know <laughs> <laughs> going to the airport yay well don't forget as well that you but by you know so, some of the stuff that you've done to work with your ocd and anything else that you've you've dealt with all of that is the same process so your brain is learning mm -hmm. how to deal with fears and limiting beliefs so you're already doing the work you've done the work and now yeah. you're all you're doing is changing your focus onto something else so I, yeah. I often be, I totally believe this people have the resources to sort this themselves sometimes they need some external stimulus and some help and guidance but the fact that you've been doing all this other work to help with other things is not time wasted and it's it gives you a bit of a leg up and it comes yeah. to fear of flying you know uh, yeah and also i think it's really interesting that some of the people in the group have said this like i'm really interested in um in the way your brain works and you know i find it really interesting how obviously at some point in my life 
I, you know, I mean, it, I, it's really interesting to learn why anxiety happens, why your body has this response. And it is to keep you safe. You know, way back, you know, when we were living in caves and we had and we had to be on alert all the time and we had to have this, you know, response to threats. But it's almost like, you know, we still have this kind of primitive response when it doesn't, we don't need it anymore. Yeah. But I feel like personally, obviously at one time when I was little and mm. things, you know, your formative years, I, my brain was doing this to keep me safe or to give me this feeling of being safe. I don't need that now, but my no. stupid brain doesn't know that. <laughs> doesn't know it yet. It doesn't know it yet. Yeah. It's getting to schooling. <laughs> yeah. But, I, and I've seen, you know, some other people say this as well. And so, you know, I know some people find it helpful to kind of talk to their brain and say, you know, thank you for, mm doing this I don't need it anymore some people find it useful to kind of I, it I, there's different ways people have of dealing with it I guess I kind of feel like I don't know compassionate towards this yeah the way my brain has kept me feeling safe but but yeah, like everyone has a has a different way of dealing with it. But it's also interesting what you said about the triggers. Because when I was listening to that the other day, I was lying on the couch and you were describing the stages of, you know, going through the stages of flight from arriving at the airport, you know, right right through to the flight and, and the end. And I was I was shocked at my the emotional response I had to you talking about being at the airport, checking in, getting on the plane. I, I can feel my heart racing as I'm mm, talking about it. Yes, like your breathing's on, changed a little bit. Yeah, I can see yeah, it. sitting on the plane, the bings and the bombs and the you know, and I was I was sobbing, mm. and. You know, and that was, I thought, okay, well, there's obviously something going on here. Now, when you were describing being up in the air, that was fine. I had no problem with that. Yeah. And that's why I think going to the airport is this, there's something there. There's something about that, that part of it. Mm. Definitely the getting on the plane. That's the part that I'm, I'm the most worried about yeah. is that, uh, that I'll panic at that point. Yeah. I do have I do have some Adivan to take with me just in case. But it's I don't emergency. I, yeah, exactly. Yes. I don't want to have to rely on that. But it's no. good to know I have that just in case. Yeah, I know people have flown with the same pill in their pocket for for years. Oh <laughs> just in case, yeah. you know, it's just one of yeah. those things. So, you know, whatever it takes to because it's and I know I sit, I bang on about this all the time, but it is a case of just chipping away at it, you know, and that's what you're doing. By doing the airport visit, recognising that there are trigger points for you, you know, the airport and the flight and the, all that stuff, that's, you know, all that beginning stuff is the moment of commitment. Mm -hmm. So once you're on the air, 
you know, if your brain is already going, well, I won't even be up there, so I'm not worried about that. Or you're thinking, well, I've got through that, that you know, the moments of doom and now I'm up here and I'll be all right, you know, so something's going on there. So I think you're right to pursue that. And I love the fact you're moving towards it because some people would have just been upset by it. I didn't realise that the power of just talking through going for a flight would upset people, but I guess that makes... Because I thought you'd have to experience it, but I guess just talking about it, if the fear is strong enough, that can be enough. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, no, like, I like I, I really was shocked at, at how, how I reacted to that. But you're glad the book was free, wouldn't you? You think, oh, I didn't pay for this crap. <laughs> Oh, I would have been wanting my money back for sure. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's why I didn't put any money on. I thought, well, you know, this is just going to upset people. <laughs> but you know, but you know, the the other thing I wanted to say too that that was interesting because you know, as as you know, I did I did take part in that the webinar. Mm. The other when was it last month? Which I would highly highly recommend to anybody. Thank I hope you. you I don't know how Ian often you've not been paid them. to say this. <laughs> um, no, we haven't run one for a while because I'll, so I'll come back. So yeah, I'll just start explain why. Because the I was when I first started the the Love Fly stuff, I did put one on every couple of months, but the it was very small numbers, and I was thinking perhaps this isn't what people want. And so I'm still been toying with the idea, thinking I know when I ran courses with flights, we'd get like two hundred people turn up, you know, and they were being mm -hmm. run nearly every month. So people want that kind of one-stop shop thing, but thinking, but I know that actually you can get as much benefit from doing a course without a flight because you haven't got the pressure to do the flight at the end, so you can just listen. But the numbers would weren't showing up, so I was thinking, well, I don't know what to do about this. So that's why I haven't run one for ages. Yeah. But I just thought the other when we passed five hundred members in the Facebook group, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna do one. Let's just do it for pay what you want. Just come along, see what you think. Right back to your yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was great. <laughs> well, I, and I can't remember how many people there were that took part in that. I think there was maybe a dozen of us. Yeah, so it was twenty. Day. I think twenty five sure. people said they were going to come oh okay and then uh, okay. as you know on the day about 14 showed up so even though it was just a webinar and it's as safe as it can be some people just didn't show so i don't know why yeah some, some, they yeah. all got sent a recording but it's just it was a yeah so how was it for you then uh it was great i i really enjoyed it and it was really interesting to me for a couple of reasons because you know like i said I, in the group you know a lot of people have talked about turbulence and you know one the, the technical aspect of flying like the planes and and i always thought first of all i well maybe maybe i just either i haven't experienced turbulence or i've blocked it from my mind or i you know i don't know but to me that's not even an issue it doesn't that doesn't has never bothered me and i just thought i, I couldn't understand why people kept going on about like wanting to know how the plane works and all this and that. And I just thought, cause I knew there were like kind of three parts to, to the webinar. There was talking to, to Steve, Steve, right? The, the pilot. Mm, that's right. Talking to Sarah, you know, for the uh, flight attendant and, and then the psychological aspect of it. And I thought, well, that's the part that I'm going to be interested in. And that, that was interesting, but it actually turned out that 
the first two parts were way more I got so much out of that mm. and especially and I, I think I've said this a few times in the group what was what really turned it around for me was I've, I've always said that one of the reasons I didn't like flying is, is it's a completely unnatural way to travel it's just not natural to be up there in the sky in that big metal thing you know and you're relying on engines and all kinds of stuff and then when I learned that once you're up there, you're gliding. That completely changed it for me. Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't ready to hop on a plane, but it definitely, mm. that was a real turning point for me. Yeah. I guess, you know, just because I realized that it actually is very natural. I mean, obviously, you need the engines. To... Yeah, they're quite useful. Yeah. They are, yes. They are. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be without them. Yeah, they um, help you to sort of point places, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like just that, that really, that was, that was wonderful to learn that. Learning, the, you know, what causes turbulence and the fact that, you know, how you're feeling like you're that it's you're bumping around all over the place, but you're actually moving very, very slightly mm. in reality. That was really interesting. Oh, the other thing also was so it's always been one of my biggest fears is flying over the ocean, like the yeah. Atlantic Ocean. So when I learned that, you know, you don't actually like the flight paths are set up so you're never really that far away from an emergency yes. landing point. Yes. That was huge for me. Yeah. That really turned things around as well. Mm. And then the other thing, you know, it was just really interesting to learn that every airline has, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's kind of three levels, you know, there's like the, the service aspect of it, like the hospitality, the medical training and the safety training and the medical and safety are standard whether you're with a little airline in the middle of nowhere or you know air canada or whatever correct so it's really the hospitality aspect that can vary because mm. that's mm. not there's no standard for that but learning all that other stuff was um was very mm. interesting because, you know, people always joke about, oh, I don't want to fly, you know, air. I don't know. I can't think of a, a country right now. But you know what I mean? People always say, oh, I don't want to fly with that airline. But why not? Yeah, they might not be able to serve you your tea and coffee, like very, mm. you know, to your to your standards. But everything else is. That's it. Um, you know, anything that lands in your airspace, anyone that's listening to this, any national carriers, anyone that yeah anybody even if you've never heard of them they land in your airspace they have to meet international standards and they also have to meet the standards of the country they're flying into so right. that's kind of like a minimum that's very reassuring and aircraft in the past have been grounded when they don't meet these standards because they're subject to inspections so there's a whole bunch of stuff we could say about that but it would go on forever but that is a that is a truism it's yeah not, it's not in any airline's interest to be unsafe 
because you think safety it's a it's a business of course it is but without mm. safety there isn't a business so it's as simple as that when it comes to this sort of thing and you could say you could say that's true of anything but i don't believe that is quite the same standards as commercial aviation yeah oh yeah and i mean i had no idea that the you know the the testing and retesting or in training mm. of the the pilots and you know and and the cabin crew and what they're capable of and you know it, ironically i i've always thought that i would actually like to be a flight attendant because mm -hmm. i i've always thought that have it you know it's like like you always say knowledge is power and it, and it really is that's that was what i took away from that webinar as well that that is anyone that doesn't believe that should think again because it knowledge really is power so mm -hmm. yeah i always thought that maybe if i you know knew all everything that was going on then you know that would make me feel better about flying and yeah it's um no the webinar was great i like i said highly recommend it oh thank you i, I do think that it helped it's interesting because a lot of people will say it's all my fear is psychological psychological and it is no root it is psychological however the other the other caveat is the fact that if the fear is based on inaccurate information then as soon as you people are often surprised they think well I don't really you know I know it flies I don't really care about the technical stuff you know it's not but if, if we believe air pockets exist, for example, then you say the fear, you'd say your fear is psychological, you know, I'm scared of air pockets, and you say, well, air pockets don't exist, and you go, oh, so the fear has to then attach to something else, and so that it's just about, mm -hmm. a bit like playing Skittles, or, you know, in a bowling alley, you need everything, you chuck, you chuck the ball down, it knocks over the ones that you thought were true, and they're gone, and up pops some more, so you have to knock those down, and that's what you're trying to do until eventually yeah. you run out of Skittles, that are going to, or pins, depending on where you listen to on the podcast, uh, that once they're all knocked down, then you kind of go, well, what's left? So it's what's left is my, I don't feel safe in myself yet. I haven't learned how to sort that out. And that's yes. the bit that needs the work then, isn't it? Yeah. And and also it's, it's interesting that a lot of people have said, and I definitely can relate to this, that... Um, well, a couple of things. First of all, when you've been fearful of something for so long and it's so it's such a part of you, it's very hard to let that go when it has almost defined you. Because I mean, and I know, you know, I I'm Fiona who hates flying. Mm. That's what I've always it's not it's not, you know, I don't meet people and say, Hi, how are you? I hate flying, you know, but <laughs> It no, you usually normally wait a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it usually comes up when people ask me why I'm, you know, why I've lived in Canada so long. And that's when it'll, you know, mm. I'll say, well, I hate flying. I don't, you know, didn't, don't like to go back to England. But the other thing that's really interesting, and I know a couple of people have said this, is that, and again, this is where it's all your brain and your mind and oh my goodness it it's almost as if if I don't if I'm not scared of flying something bad is going to happen and that is 
I don't like to use the term crazy because that's, but it is a little bit nutty, <laughs> you know, to have that. Well, no, it's think not, that it's not way. nutty. Let's just do a reframe there, okay? So it's not, it's probably an unhelpful thinking pattern at its worst. Yes. Okay. Yes. That, at its worst, that's what it is, you know, it's, uh, but if you think about it, that's just your, your brain going, because your brain does that anyway. You know, your brain is always thinking, whether you're aware of it or not. All those thoughts that kind of run through our head are always thoughts of doom. Mm -hmm. Careful of him, that looks dodgy, or that, that person scowled at me. You know, we're doing the assessing danger all the time. So that's that's all that's happened. So if you can let go of the fear of flying one, your brain will still be looking for other dangers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You can't turn it off. Yeah, and actually I've noticed that too. I, I keep... I keep bringing stuff back to OCD, but it's interesting because that will attach itself to different things. Mm. You know, at, at one point in my life, it was attached to, you know, checking appliances and things. And then at, at another point, it was attached to something else. And so, yeah, it's if it's there, it's there and it will always find something. And, and you know, and I. I mean, I guess really being aware of all this, like being aware that, you know, you're not jinxing something by, you know, you're not jinxing it by not being scared of it anymore. Yeah, just just being aware of all, like you said, the, the thinking traps and the, the negative mm -hmm. thought patterns and all that kind of stuff. I think, you know, you're, the battle's half won if you're at least aware of it. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that because I call it as simple as this: it's just noticing. Because if yeah, we, if we, you know, most people won't notice what their thoughts are doing until you try and do something. Like you go to a, you go on one of these well-being courses at work, and they say, "Let's take some deep breaths and relax," and then all of a sudden you can hear the crazy noise, which is in your brain all the time it suddenly becomes really obvious and uh, we go and do yoga or something like that you'll suddenly be aware mm -hmm. of all these pressing things that i must attend to you know so it's and the other thing is that you said this you said i don't want to jinx it that our old brain you know our primeval brain it was very superstitious and suspicious mm -hmm. so it's just that it's just sort of rational brain intelligent person like you are versus older brain automatic patterns you know it's just it's an interplay between them we all have it it's just being able to dial one up and dial the other down when we need to do something which is more important you know which it sounds like the the uh, challenge ahead of you fiona yeah yeah and and you know the other thing too is and and you know i know this kind of gets banded around a lot especially these days but acceptance you know but accepting things is like It really, you know, I, I tell you who is really good at accepting things and who I've learned a lot from is my daughter, who is 21. And I've always said, actually, on, she is way more emotionally mature than I am on many levels. And she just has this way of accepting things and accepting things doesn't mean lying down and taking it. It just, it, but it, 
certainly makes your life a lot easier. <laughs> mm. You know, and, and that's kind of linked to always needing to be reassured. And I know there's, you know, a couple of people in the group who have just wanted absolute reassurance that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And the thing about that is it will never be enough mm. for them. And so if you can accept that, you know, I mean, no amount of reassurance would be enough accept yeah. that and then you can kind of hopefully move on from that so accept there's no you know that there is uncertainty in life and now I'm, i should say at this point i'm very aware that i need to put all this into practice now <laughs> I can sit here in my bedroom spouting this kind of stuff till the cows come home. <laughs> well, let's put it so you've done a good job with your daughter, okay? So you've got to take some credit for that. There's some DNA side of that as well, you know, which you're also responsible for, but also upbringing so that you can take some credit for that. You also oh, help you. a lot of other people in the group. And I think externalising in terms of helping others like you've been doing is massively helpful because every single time you teach or help somebody else is a little bit of accepting it yourself so i don't you are doing the work so yeah in that yeah. on that th no when are you flying what's the what's the planned date so september 14th mm -hmm. is the date um flying from toronto to manchester nice yeah, and uh, I'm due to come back on November 30th. And then, you know, this is the other thing. At some point, I'll be flying back and forth quite a lot. So I really do need to get over this. But yeah, September 14th. And, you know, I keep, it's funny, like to me, it's like September 14th. That's huge. This date is huge. And and then I keep reminding myself to, that, you know, I'm, I'm flying with Air Transat, for that pilot for the cabin crew. Mm -hmm. That's on their schedule. Oh, we're flying to Manchester that day. Just another day at the office. You know, that's what it is to them. And that's kind of what I'm trying to keep in mind. Yeah, so you're normalising as well. So so the way I see it, you've got six weeks. And that six weeks is a heck of a lot of time on top of all the other stuff you've been doing. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, yeah, honestly, like right now, I'm, I'm very ready to face this. I really am. So, uh, yeah, so this is brilliant. But people often have like um, peaks and troughs at this point. So I saw this with, I've seen this quite a few times with podcast guests where they've got a flight that's a, at a distance and they're massively super positive. They're doing loads and then they'll have a blip. Mm. And it's what happens next, which is the bit, which is where it shows the sort of the, all the work that you're doing prepares you for the blips that are going to happen. Yeah, and, and I, I think also at some point I, you know, pardon the pun, but I kind of have to put myself on autopilot and just go through. You know, I've got my ticket now. I need now. I need to get my travel insurance now. I need to buy my luggage now. I need to do this, and I'm just. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm stuff. doing. Yeah. 
because I am doing this. I will be doing this. Oh, just say that again. I love that. Say that again. (laughs) I'm doing this. (laughs) I'm so determined, Paul. Like, I really am. Mm. I really am. I can and, see it. You know, There's some very definite, we'll... definite sort of scary language there. Like was, there was hand chopping going on and all sorts <laughs> of just describing for the podcast listeners. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Shaking like a leaf, <laughs> crying yeah. on the inside. <laughs> so you're doing the so this practical side of it. So what about the mental, emotional type? What what are you doing between now and then to help with that? I. Well, I mean, I am going to be listening to more podcasts for sure. I will probably be uh, looking at the book again several times. Like, I don't know. You know, it's like I said, I, 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 I'm at the point now where I just I want to I want to do this and I want kind of feel like I, I, it's like testing myself and I'm, I'm just so ready mm. for this. So I don't know what I'm going to do in, in the next six weeks. I mean, I, I have got a lot of stuff, practical stuff to do. But yeah, I, I think the closer that it gets, the the more I will just be, I'm just doing it. And that's the way it's going to be. Mm. We'll see. I mean, I know we're, we're supposed to be doing a, an after podcast we're supposed to be doing it we are doing oh. it <laughs> we will be we will be we'll be doing it. yeah i mean remember the after is what regardless so at this point all i want for you is to find a way that you can shift the fear to a point where it decreases i used to mm-hmm. say this on the courses i said the flight is not proof of anything i know for you it's like the big thing what the most important thing is to be to, to reduce the level of fear that you can listen to anything you can watch something and it doesn't trigger you these are the goals the flying part yeah. is, is a, flying is a form of transport isn't it it's not that I mean I'd love it for you to love it like people like, I mean I love going on a flight I'll go anywhere yeah but I want to be I want to be uh, Peter Higgins that's my <laughs> goal <laughs> <laughs> hope you heard that Pete they all want to be you yeah so yeah he, He's flying all over the place. He content. He will forever. Whilst he draws breath, he'll probably get, you know, smashing out flights all over the place. You know, and that's just brilliant. And I'd love that for everybody to. Mm-hmm. But for as a minimum, I think we can all have aim to get for it to be a non-event. It's mm-hmm. Like you know, it'd be great if you can love it because if you love it and you're excited, then you can be curious about what they're all doing and. You know, I wonder how fast we're flying and how the hell does this thing stay up here? But in a good way, you know, and and I'd love that for you and everybody else. Yeah. And I am excited. I mean, I I am excited. I'm excited for my trip. I'm excited, Mm. you know, all this other stuff. And I'm very excited. And, and, you know, I do, I get excited by the idea of travel. I want to travel. I want, you know, I want this so much. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I, have accepted that I am going to feel anxious that day and I'm going to feel fear and that's okay. Yeah. That's like a good place to end the podcast, but I'm just going to... I think so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. So so the plan is by the sound of it, you've got six weeks 
Yes. I'd like you to keep doing what you're doing with the Facebook group so we can keep an eye, see how you're doing, okay? Because that's really yeah. helpful work for you and for us as well and others. Mm -hmm. um, you've got your airport trip planned, so that's great. Yes. You've got this thing about listening to some podcasts. And I just think, give yourself permission to do little and often. Don't feel like you have to sort of binge it. I know, I know some people have said they've literally binged all the podcasts and everything, read everything, watched every YouTube clip of landing and takeoff, been on flight radar non-stop, watching their flights and, and all of this and, stuff and is And actually, great. I don't find that seeing all those flights going everywhere, I mm. I don't find that very helpful because to me, it's just like, how are they missing each other up there? <laughs> okay, well, listen to the podcast with, with the air traffic controller on it again. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, yeah. I will do that. But yeah, I think it sounds like you're in a good place and I can't wait to pick up with you after you come back, September the 30th. Stick your flight numbers and everything in the group as well because then people can, some people like to monitor. They like to, if you find yeah. that helpful. So yeah, so it's actually no, November 3rd. I'm, I'm in England oh, for a couple of months. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so, cool. so what I was hoping was we could do our second one while I'm in England. Yeah, brilliant same time zone everything yeah yeah <laughs> maybe even in the pub yes i'll be off oh, oh, yeah, yeah, warm bring, beer i'll bring my <laughs> no we don't do that we have lager <laughs> lager please uh, so i'll bring i'll bring my roving mic and we could do it uh, face to face blackpool or gatwick that's the choice yeah you know what that that would actually be that would be amazing yeah i'm going to be there for two and a half months so right. i'm sure we could figure it out Let's, let's do that. That's a brilliant plan. And that'll be a really Excellent. nice one as well. And I get to go to a pub. So, so win -win. what to like. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And it's a great oh, idea to do a before and after. And uh, I'd love to do that more people. I think this is real fun. Becky did the same. Becky, you know, yes. Becky did it. And I think uh, this is going to be another one. It'll be really interesting to see. How you get on and uh and I look oh yeah it's to definitely going to be interesting that's for sure <laughs> yeah, so don't go into stealth mode stay visible so we can sort of see how you're doing and you know Absolutely. we're really behind you because we can see why how much it matters so thank you yeah no it, it's like i said that the group has been really life and i'm not saying this lightly like it has been life-changing it really has and just want to thank you for all the all the work that you do I know well, like you're so busy with taking your master's course and everything but honestly like yeah it's oh well really appreciate you. it well it's, it's very rewarding and, and and actually you're part of that it's people like you that are also contributing that make it come alive so thank you to you as well yeah oh, mutual love all around I love it <laughs>